Chapter Three of the Fall River Tragedy by Edwin H. Porter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Three The Borden Family. Andrew J. Borden was numbered among the wealthy and influential men of Fall River. He was one of the family of Bordens whose name has always been identified with the growth and business enterprises of the city and vicinity. No one knows how much money he was worth but persons who are as well acquainted with his affairs as he would allow them to be do not hesitate to say that his estate was worth three hundred thousand dollars he was a thrifty yankee in every sense of the word and nothing that represented money was ever wasted by him no other man knew the worth of a dollar better than he and none were more thoroughly convinced that a dollar properly invested would bring its returns many times over Upon the death of his father, Abraham Borden, he came into possession of a small estate, but his fortune was of his own creation. Abraham Borden sold fish in the streets of Fall River, when the place was but a village, and thus, by patient and plodding economy, accumulated enough money to purchase a house on Ferry Street and some other real estate. But the murdered man was never too busy counting his money to stop and do a day's work. He owned farms across the Taunton River in Somerset, and took the greatest interest in superintending the work thereon. There was nothing like style around him, and no one wondered why he did not make a show of his money. He had devoted his entire life to its accumulation, spending but little, and it was not expected of him to change his manner of life in old age, although many a man would have pursued a different course in his declining years. Other matters besides those of the farm occupied the old man's attention, for he was a prominent figure in financial circles. He was president of the Union Savings Bank, a member of its board of trustees and investment, a director of the Merchants Manufacturing Company, the BMC Durfee Safe Deposit and Trust Company, the Globe Yarn Mills, the Troy Cotton and Woolen Manufactory, and other manufacturing concerns. In each of these he had large sums of money invested, and the returns were undoubtedly large. In early life Mr. Borden was for many years engaged in the undertaking business with William M. Almy and Theodore D. W. Wood, and it was his boast that during his active business life he had never borrowed a cent or given a promissory note. He was always conservative in his investments of money, a man of excellent judgment and he was often called upon to act as appraiser on land values. Two years before his death he erected one of the finest business blocks in the city, located at the corner of South Main and Anawan Streets. His mode of living was simple and unostentatious, and he was a pattern of old-time New England industry, thrift, economy, and good citizenship. He was twice married, his first wife being Sarah A. Morse, daughter of Anthony Morse, his second was Abby D. Gray, daughter of Oliver Gray, whom he married June the 6th, 1865. He lived with his two daughters, Emma L. and Lizzie A., who were issues of his first marriage. At the time of his death, he was 70 years of age, and his wife was 67. Miss Lizzie Andrew Borden was 32 years old at the time of her father's death. Her mother died when she was two years of age, and she was cared for in her early childhood by her elder sister. A few years before the murder she joined the Central Congregational Church, and was oftentimes an active member of that society. 
she was reared under conditions which could have made life a luxury had she and her parents turned their attention to society the most aristocratic drawing-rooms of the city would have welcomed the daughters of andrew j borden but miss lizzie seemed to care but little for society she preferred to move in a limited circle of friends and never sought to enlarge the number of her acquaintances she avoided strangers and persons with whom she was not familiar she was born in the old borden homestead on ferry street in fall river and received her education in the public schools graduating from the high school early in life her classmates say that she was rather eccentric in her manner of life and of a retiring disposition she never attended college although her father was amply able to give her the best education that the schools of the country could furnish at the mission of the central church on pleasant street fall river she taught a class of young people and there formed the acquaintance of the rev edwin a buck who was her constant companion and spiritual adviser during the great affliction which came to her in after life besides her active church work she was a member of the fruit and flower mission and other charitable organizations as well as the woman's christian temperance union in all of these she was considered a valuable and conscientious worker in the summer of eighteen ninety she joined a party of young ladies who made the tour of europe but aside from this she never travelled extensively miss emma l borden was the eldest child being thirty-seven at the time of her father's murder she had been less active in church matters than miss lizzie and had not travelled outside the bounds of new england her education disposition and manner of life were somewhat similar to those of her sister at the time of the murders she was visiting friends in fairhaven massachusetts and arrived home on the evening of august the fourth in response to a telegram sent by dr bowen john v morse was sixty-nine years of age at the time of the murders he is a native of new england his early home being at dartmouth massachusetts at the age of twenty-five he went west and located at hastings iowa where he engaged in farming and built up a comfortable fortune for twenty years he was separated from his friends in massachusetts and during that time by honesty and frugality made himself a respected and influential citizen of his adopted state besides his farming interest he was engaged in other enterprises which brought in a goodly sum of money after his years of work in the west he came back to new england arriving at warren rhode island in april eighteen eighty eight he remained a short time in warren and then removed to dartmouth which place he called his permanent home after his return he made frequent visits to the home of the bordens in fall river and was upon the most intimate terms with all the members of the family End of chapter three